Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. This podcast of The Michael Graham Show is brought to you by Matt Hermes. If you have a high-end home and you're looking to sell, call Matt at Keller Williams Realty. Matt Hermes specializes in luxury homes in areas like Hamilton Mill, Sugarloaf, Chateau Elan, and more. For more information, visit atlantahomesguru.com forward slash radio. During his trial, Joker Sanaev showed no remorse for his role in planting two pressure cooker bombs. He apologized to his victims, saying he was sorry for the lives he had taken and the suffering he had caused. I have forgiven him. Um, I have come to a, a place of peace. Bernie Sanders, well, your crowds are, are humongous. We're outraged that Kenneth Owens, the officer that killed my brother, is back at work. But it took them seven months, the night before the hearing, to give me that information. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. Yeah, l- l- listen, you're in my house. Whose house, Mr. President? Good morning, it's 905 on News Radio 1067. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women. Known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi River. Thrilled, delighted, honored, and quite frankly, stunned that you have foolishly agreed to let me into your car, into your computer, into your house. And by the way, if you're ever tooling around town and can't find anything on the radio that you like, we post the podcast of the show every day just at noon. Uh, Brandon, my executive producer, does a great job of getting that up. And so you can listen anytime. If you missed yesterday's conversation, it is there. Just go to michaelgraham.com and click on the podcast button and tune in. And my thanks to Matt Hermes at Hermes Realty Group for post support for uh, sponsoring this podcast. He's a great guy, by the way. He really, really is. Um, oh, 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 and conversation stuff we talk about on the show, we post it up at michaelgraham.com on the blog. We post it at my Facebook page, Michael Graham Show. And follow me on Twitter, I am M. Graham. Now, look, all this stuff is for the show. In other words, it's not, oh, look at me, Michael. I just want you to, the stories we talk about, I want you to see the news stories yourself. The uh, issues we raise, I want you to see my arguments, and you can you know, disagree with them. And send them but I, want, I want you to have the information so that we can talk about it, because this is Atlanta's largest diner table, which is why I wish all of you could see the photo of this guy. Um, uh, soccer boy, I don't have my cut sheet, but it's the guy who says he accepts the apology from Zokar Zarnayev. I think it's cut five or cut six in there. It's the guy who's talking about how he's already forgiven Zokar. It's his self-declared victim of the Boston Marathon bomber. If you could see this guy's, well, I've got his picture up on Twitter and Facebook with the caption, every decent Bostonian wants to beat this guy into a coma. Actually, every decent American wants to beat this guy into a coma. Because I wish you could just see him. I mean, wouldn't you see this dopey Suffolk college bow tie wearing loony, lost college kid, you get why he would say what he said yesterday 
after Zokar Zanayev was formally sentenced to receive the death penalty and after the victim statements and after Zokar's <clears throat> apology, here is uh, alleged Boston Marathon bomber victim, Henry Borgard. I have forgiven him. Um, I have come to a, a place of peace and I, I genuinely hope that he does as well. And for me to hear him say that he's sorry, that is enough for me. Um, I hope that his words were genuine. I obviously have no way of knowing that, but I'm going to take it on faith that uh, what he said was genuine. Do we not all know this D-bag? Don't we all know this guy somewhere in our lives? No surprise that he's in college. No surprise that he's a Harry Potter wannabe guy who has his Voldemort sweatshirt or whatever. No surprise at all that he's got a, a, a future member of Hogwarts. I read acceptance for time, whatever he said. He seemed very sad. By the way, this um, victim was walking to, uh, back to class. He received injuries so slight that he never required any hospitalization, and he claims he suffers from anxiety. Now, I am anxious. I am anxious at the reaction to over Zokar Zarnayev's comments yesterday. I am very, very anxious about the way that they are being uh, presented. This is just, look, and if you've been listening to or watching any news you've heard this morning, Zokar Zarnayev yesterday apologized. He apologized. He apologized. Apology from Zokar. During his trial, Joker Sanayev showed no remorse for his role in planting two pressure cooker bombs at the finishing line of the 2013 Boston Marathon. But after exercising his right to remain silent for the best part of two years, the 21-year-old spoke for the first time in court on Wednesday, shortly before he was formally sentenced to death. He apologised to his victims, saying he was sorry for the lives he had taken and the suffering he had caused. Now, what I did is I posted at michaelgram.com the actual statement from Zarnayev that he gave yesterday. And let me tell you something. Here is the, here's the Michael Graham shortened version of Zokar's statement yesterday. Yes, you stupid mother bleepers. It was about my religion. Hey, morons, I killed you for Allah. That's what he... His, Apology? I, I urge you, if you have a second, go to michaelgraham.com uh, and read it for yourself on the blog. But just, just a few highlights. That, once again, this is a guy who injured about 280 people, murdered four people, blew them up with a bomb in our country after we had given him subsidized college tuition and free housing and free education and EBT and on and on and on. This is the blessed month of Ramadan, he said. And it is the month of mercy from Allah to his creation. A month to ask forgiveness of Allah and of his creation. The Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said you must thank people. If you have not thanked people, you don't thank God. Um, immediately after the bombing, which I am guilty of, if there's any lingering doubt, let there be none. I did it along with my brother. Uh, and he goes on to say that he's sorry for the lives that were taken. He's sorry for the suffering caused. But, quote, now I am a Muslim. My religion is Islam. The God I worship beside whom there is no other God is Allah. And then I prayed for Allah to bestow his mercy upon the deceased, those affected by the bombing in the family. Allah says in the Quran that every hardship there is relief. I pray for your relief. 
And he goes on to make it perfectly clear that he considers himself part of the Muslim world and that he is standing before them as a Muslim. In other words, he would do this again. His message to America is, I'm sorry Allah wanted these people dead. I really am. I'm so sorry that what I had to do for Allah caused you people to get hurt. But I had to do it for Allah. That's, that was his apology. I'm just doing what, look, God told me to do it. I would, he didn't say the sentence, I would do it again. But, but it is very clear that that's his state. I would like to begin in the name of Allah, the exalted and glorious, the most gracious, most merciful, Allah, the most beautiful of names. That's how he started his, quote, apology. As Ann Althaus pointed out at instapundit.com, there is so much religion in his statement, but one thing that's glaringly glaringly absent, any glimmer of an understanding that within his religion, what he did was wrong. This was all part of the mission he had to carry out. That's what the mainstream media is trying to convince you is his apology. But it's even worse. Listen to this from the BBC. What we got from him was, of course, a, some, a pretty full apology, if you look at it on the face of it. But he gave no justification or explanation, let's say, for, for what he'd done. He didn't tell them why he and his brother had planted those two bombs. He did, I'm sorry, did you not hear what I just read? He didn't tell why. We don't know. Why did he do it? I really don't understand. Really? Really? Here's the U.S. Attorney Carmen Ortiz. I don't want to venture a personal opinion on this, but in general, what I was struck more was by what he didn't say. He didn't renounce terrorism. He didn't renounce violent extremism. And he couched his comments in line with Allah and Allah's views, which give it a religious tone. And there was nothing, nothing. as you heard Judge O'Toole say in the courtroom, there was nothing about this crime that was Islam associated. That's what I was struck by more. The prosecutor and the press want you to know they have no idea why Zokar Zanayev did what he did, but whatever the reason was, it had nothing to do with Islam. Thank you for your apology. 844-404-1067. We're going to hear from someone who's at Boston Herald Radio in just a moment about the reaction to this. Also more on the Confederate flag controversy continues to grow. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. What we got from him was, of course, a a pretty full apology, if you look at it on the face of it. But he gave no justification or explanation, let's say, for for what he'd done. He didn't tell them why he and his brother had planted those two bombs. Why? Why did he do it? I read to you from his statement, and then he says Allah 327 times in like five paragraphs. He says Islam in like 229 times. He says it over and over and over again. I come to you as a Muslim. I stand before you as a Muslim. Read the statement for yourself. The headline should be, yes, you stupid mother bleepers. It was about my religion. And yet all the media coverage has either been, he apologized or we have no idea. He never told us why he did it. Or my favorite, this college puke D-bag speaking on behalf of New England loony lefties. I have forgiven him. Um, I have come to a a place of peace, and I I genuinely hope that he does as well. And for me to hear him say that he's sorry, that is enough for me. 
Um, I hope that his words were genuine. I obviously have no way of knowing that, but I'm going to take it on faith that uh, what he said was genuine. Tom Shattuck with Boston Herald Radio, who, like me, was in the Boston area when the bombs went off. What would you do if you bumped into Henry Borgard, uh, Harry Potter wannabe, uh, standing outside a bar in Boston today? Obviously, you rip his bow tie off and beat him with it uh, until unconsciousness. Does he speak for Boston? Hell no. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Atlanta. I'm so sorry that, that you had to see this jerk. He was. It was such. A, he was such a jerk. And while it was happening, I was. There were a bunch of reporters around and, and the radio folks, and we were watching this. First, wondering exactly what he, he looked like. Like Charles Corralt in meets George Will. And, <laughs> and the, the feeling is this: is that the, what you saw yesterday with those three in particular, was they were kind of the. Um, after after somebody leaves a microphone and there's nobody left and mm-hmm. they leave the mic on, they were kind of the extras exactly. that, that got their few minutes. I, I, I thought they were all but, poor. But, but Tom Shattuck, but Tom Shattuck with Boston Hill Radio, I, this is what I want to get to is you have this his pathetic reaction. Then you have the reaction of uh, the press saying that Zokar Zarnayev apologized yesterday. And then they're all asking the same question from the U.S. attorney on down. Why did he do it? If only he had told us. What did you you saw his statement? Did he leave any yeah. doubt about why he did what he did? No, of course not. Of course not. And that was there, there was no that was not an apology. Are you kidding me? The people who have been in the courthouse every day, the reporters who right. were there for every single day, who saw the Richards family talk about the, their their little boy bleeding out, mm-hmm. and when the dad had to make a choice to save his daughter who was also bleeding, or his, or the or his. Uh, or his son, who, right. who who died there, Christy Campbell's, um, his her friend who was there, who who saw her screaming in pain when it happened. They thought, they thought. I, I generally reporters can hold it together, but um, they wanted to to jump over and strangle Sonev when he started mm-hmm. to speak like this. It was it was something that was an afterthought. He delivered it. Apparently, he delivered it um, the same way you'd have to recite. Like uh, you know, directions and cooking a steak or something, mm-hmm. and uh, he just got it over with, and they it it ticked them off. I mean, there was, how can there's you no say, apology in this? How uh, can you? Well, what he said was, "I'm sorry that Allah called upon me to kill you, but sorry, right. Allah said so, so you have to die." We're talking to Tom Shattuck with Boston Herald Radio, um, and then you add it to this news story yesterday, the New York Times front page. Did you know that white right-wing Americans are a bigger terror threat to the United States than Islamists? Well, if you start counting the deaths after 9-11, if you start the clock at 9-12-2001, right. and even there, the bugs, my, but my point is you see it from the U.S. attorney to the media coverage, this, this, this refusal to acknowledge that Islam presents any danger whatsoever and that the guy who's shouting Allahu Akbar has any connection to Muslims. And the great thing about that is Sanev identifies as Muslim. Right. ISIS, they identify. I thought if you identify as something, as something now, it makes it absolutely <laughs> true. In this point. case, though, if you identify as a Muslim terrorist or a jihadist, apparently, you still don't get to have that. Right, exactly. Bruce is a woman and Rachel is a black lady, but, right. uh, but Zokar Allahu Akbar Zarnayev is not a Muslim. Exactly. Even though everything he wrote in the boat. Uh, oh, that's right. Remind, that in- remind everybody. He left a message in the boat when he was lying there bleeding and the police looking for him, right? Yeah, it was pretty standard jihadist stuff that the American blood will spill while 
while Americans continued to be uh, jackals around the world. Right. It was yada, 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 and it was totally defiant. And, of course, he was being cute yesterday, invoking Islam again. And that's a, that was just an F you from him. Yeah. This, this, he is just total vermin, and people who are usually level-headed about this, a lot of the reporters who were in there, were mm. just ticked off at what they saw right. from him. And so- to have this puke, this college bow-tie jerk... <laughs> Say that I'm just I'm so sorry that you had to watch that. I mean, unfortunately. But let me ask that, you: Does the college, does the bow tie jerk speak? I'll say down here, he seems to sound a lot like you know the typical liberal Bostonian northeasterner. Is he? Yeah. Does he speak for Boston? Yes or no? No, no, he does not speak for Boston. He speaks for a segment of a progressive moon battery up here that <laughs> that would speak like that. You remember that that. that uh, you know, there were some people who wanted to take Gitmo detainees and have them live oh, that's among right. the population in here. <laughs> he speaks for those people who like a nice progressive symmetry to everything. And it, whatever, it was showmanship. That, I, I, just Tom, don't send your I, – I, I can tell you one thing. I right. guarantee you his professor is thrilled. I, I bet he is too. Hey, listen, I got to ask one more thing while we're letting go. The, uh, no – Horrible event is so horrible that something good doesn't come of it. Out of the Charleston massacre, you've had unity from people across the country showing that the white supremacist has no support whatsoever. You've also had this great revelation. Finally, people are admitting what I've been saying for years. Gone with the Wind sucks. One of the most (laughs) overrated movies of all time. Uh, Tom Shattuck, what's on your list of overrated movies? The number one overrated movie that has unfortunately spawned thousands of more overrated movies Animal House. What? Totally a over? crap. Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Germans? Forget it, he's rolling. Static, you do realize oh. that you now have just undermined everything else you said by having one of the stupidest opinions you can have about movies. So now everything you said has been negated by your idiocy about one of the Incorrect. ten funniest movies of all time. How could how could you even distribute that movie in a world that already one, had Monty Python? One of the ten what? funniest American movies of all time. Tom Shattuck, find him at bostonheraldradio.com. I am Michael Graham. Thirty-five. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC star of the show. Coming up later in the show, the uh, move to uh, ban the Confederate battle flag from public spaces is now moving to private spaces and now moving on to other icons, etc. cetera. Uh, and we're going to get your take on that here on the Michael Graham show. But if you go to my uh, Twitter feed, I am M Graham or my Facebook page, you'll see photos that remind you why uh, the Confederate battle flag is in so much trouble, and rightfully so. Unless you're telling me that it is a sheer coincidence that Confederate battle flag flew over anti-segregation rallies and KKK rallies and over uh, candidates running for president on uh, racist platforms of segregation now, segregation forever. Unless this is a sheer coincidence, I'm sorry. you. The Confederate battle flag is getting exactly what it deserves, not because of 1861, but because of 1961. Check out the photos for yourself, and then you tell me. The Confederate battle flag was also part of our inspiration for yesterday's uh, confession hotline. The confession hotline is 404-436-2007. And Brandon, my executive producer, it's open all the time. Anytime people want to confess their 
fears or hopes or dreams or concerns, etc.? All day, every day. Absolutely. And yesterday's confession hotline, we asked people to confess purchases that they had made that looking now that at once we saw that the uh, Dukes Hazard lunchboxes and the um, you know bo- uh, uh, boxes of spick and span cleansing product and other things were being banned because it turns out that they're uh, offensive. We asked people to call in and we we play, we do the confession hotline every day at eleven forty five. We ran out of time yesterday, so I thought we would do a bonus edition. Bonus a bonus edition of the confession hotline right now. Thank you for calling the Confession Hotline. Confessing your hopes, fears, and dreams at 404-436-2007. Yeah, Michael, I wanted to invite you to a big backyard party I'm having. Oh, great. Although uh, the lawn might be a little iffy, I I was just trying to pick up a weed whacker, and I got Mm -hmm. confronted by one of these legalized pot guys in the parking lot. (laughs) Jerks. Hey, don't mock his weed. So my confession is I was working down in the... Florida and the Everglades, and I went into the shop while we were waiting for uh, lights to set up, and the shop was filled with gators and, and, and people. I went in there, and I said hello, and lo and behold, they said hello back, which oh. scared me, because I figured, you know, they got Confederate flags hanging up. They weren't going to ah. me. So then I went, and I, I seen a Confederate flag, little sticker memorabilia. Right. So I went and picked it up and brought it to the register, and to my surprise, they sold it to me, and they said, uh, thank you for your purchase. Uh, don't tell my friends. I believe that caller identifies himself as an African-American man of color. Is that not I right, believe Brandon? he does. I believe, and he, he bought a Confederate flag. And, and the world didn't end, and no one burst into flames. It was they amazing. Said, they said nice things They said to nice him. things like, to him. Thank you. Exactly. Hey, Michael, just following up on my oh, backyard party. Yeah. Uh, you might want to apply uh, bug repellent at home. Okay. I, I was picking up some black flag Ooh. and... Uh, a couple of ISIS guys were like giving me a big thumbs up in the <laughs> checkout line, asking me who I was targeting. Uh, so I didn't get it. They do have a black flag. Hey, Michael. So about oh, the party, the guy it's, again. Uh, it's yeah. BYOB now. Okay. I uh, I was unloading a pack of red solo cups from the car, and uh, suddenly a, a, a sort of a protest of Native Americans <laughs> sprang up. So uh, Nick's on the keg. Are you sure it wasn't a country music singer as opposed to a Native American? I just like his proactivity towards this, this he's party. Trying, and, yeah. and he's working on everything for us. Michael, this is your next president, Donald Trump. Oh, I am Mr. calling Trump. for the immediate removal of white cloud toilet paper <laughs> from the shelves of Walmart, <laughs> Target, and any other retailers. I find it very offensive, not only as a Caucasian American, but I believe the white cloud is obviously a reference to the hair on top of my head. Yes, that makes Not sense. Not very cool. No. I'll see you in the White House. I mean, the President House. <laughs> Trump. Trump House. I like that. Trump House. It is problematic having the White House, isn't it? And that's the conf- So that's the confession hotline. We'll do another one today at 11.45. And today, and I want to get you two involved in this, today's confession hotline is... There are movies that people tell you all the time, oh, this is a great movie, it's the best movies ever. And you don't want to say it out loud, but you're thinking to yourself, I thought that movie sucked. So we're going to let people use, once again, the anonymity of the confession hotline to call 404-436-2007 and leave the movie that you think is the most overrated. Now, I threw down uh, today because of the new, there's a news story in the New York Post where a film critic says because of the Confederate flag issue that's going on, it is time for us to finally get rid of this movie. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. 
Absolutely. One of the most overrated movies of all time. I don't know nothing about busting babies. <laughs> uh, Gone with the Wind. I'm so, I, I, it is unwatchable. In fact, I'll confess, I've never seen it all the way through in one sitting. I've started it probably a dozen times. I've picked up on it. No matter when I step in, it always sucks. It's just, it's just unwatchable. So you can call and confess your, the movie that everyone tells you is supposed to be so great. But you just don't get it. 404-436-2007. Brandon, what's on your list of overrated movies? Uh, where do we begin? Uh, i got to pick one. What's, how about what? we start with any one of the Harry Potter movies? No, that's not, they, how can you say that? Because they are what they are. You know what I'm saying? I mean, no one says, that's great filmmaking. It's, it's just it's part of a little like, mini, you know, it's a self-contained universe. Who has ever said Harry Potter movies are great filmmaking? Nerds. Nobody. No, no. They, they dress up and wear their costumes. That's a different issue. Give me a movie that people actually say is good. That Rocky. You think. The first one. What? Rocky. Rocky sucks. Turn off his microphone. Rocky okay, sucks. Okay, you can leave now. You can leave now. 844. Rocky's fantastic. Get, turn off his mic. Turn off his mic. 844-404-1. Now, uh, are there any English language movies, Soccer Boy, that you've that made their way to Uruguay, Europair, para, para who, whatever? Everyone loves Gran Torino. I hate that movie. I thought it was a good, decent. I, mean, I it's cannot not a classic, stand but that. It's a movie. solid movie. There's nothing wrong with it. I cannot take it. Why it's not? The, the acting is so bad. It, <sighs> it's 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 like watching a middle school play, and you're just kind of cringing what? at every little mistake. No way. No that way. Those kids I'm make. Sorry, you're it's wrong. It's exactly what that Gran Torino no, is. No, no, no. It's, it's, I'm sorry. I, I, I mean, it's not a great. I'm going to put it up in the pantheon of greats, but it's it's a fine movie. So anyway, uh, the confession hotline. 844-404, excuse me, 404-436-2007. 404-436-2007 and confess the movie you're supposed to love but you, in fact, hate. And leave your email address. And if we get a great answer or two, we may uh, give away some valuable prizes. Just leave us your email address when you call the confession hotline and he, and see if you made the cut and you uh, and you appear on our uh, on the confession hotline 1145 today. Coming up, more on the uh, refusal of the mainstream media and the prosecutors and some of the victims to acknowledge that the Boston bombing was all was conducted in the name of Islam. And also this uh, push to say that the, in the wake of the Confederate battle, the, I mean, the, in the wake of the Charleston shooting, we now know that right wingers are more violent than Islamists. What, what, why are people working so hard? to lie about the vast majority of the American people who are hanging together and not supporting this violence, and then lie about the problem inside Islam when a guy's going, I killed them in the name of Allah. And they're, why did he do it? We just don't know. Are you serious? Ah. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. I don't want to venture a personal opinion on this, but in general, what I was struck more was by what he didn't say. He didn't renounce terrorism. He didn't renounce violent extremism. And he couched his comments in line with Allah and Allah's views, which give it a religious tone. And there was nothing, as you heard Judge O'Toole say in the courtroom, there was nothing about this crime that was Islam associated. That's what I was struck by more. I don't know what to say to stuff like that. That's the U.S. attorney in this case uh, who uh, prosecuted 
the uh, Boston Marathon bomber, who said every chance someone would give him, I blew these people up in the name of Islam. I blew these people up in the name of Allah. He said it openly. He said Allah and Islam and Muhammad repeatedly in his, quote, apology. And this is how the BBC reported it. What we got from him was, of course, a, some, a pretty full apology, if you look at it on the face what? of it. But he gave no justification or explanation, <laughs> let's say, for, for what he'd done. He didn't tell them why he and his brother had planted why? those two bombs. Why? Why? If only we knew why. If only we could figure it out. But somehow, and the guy's screaming, Allahu Akbar. No, 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 that's not it. Why? Why? In the name of Islam. No, 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 that's not it. Why? Why did he really do it? Are, why are we, you and I, the American people, why are some of us being this stupid on purpose? That is my f- number one cause to fight against is stupidity on purpose. We're all, I am certainly stupid enough by accident. The New York Times yesterday, in the wake of the Charleston massacre, ran an article saying, quote, right-wing terrorists are more dangerous than Islamist terrorists. White Americans are the biggest terrorist threat in the U.S. It's a front page of the New York Times. And then they quote a study from the New America Foundation that starts counting the number of deaths in 2002. They leave out 2001. And they come up with this number that radical Muslims have only murdered 19 people inside the United States since 2002. Whereas their numbers say that... um, uh, quote, right-wing terrorists have murdered 48 Americans. Well, even that 48 number is bogus. They include like a guy who got in a fight with his wife and killed the cops when they show up. And the wife said afterwards that he said something racist. So he's just like a normal guy. But they included that. But it doesn't matter because we all know this isn't, this is totally bogus. Yeah. You know what? Once World War II was over, the number of Americans killed by Japanese dropped to almost nothing. <laughs> it was almost zero. That's the, you know, once World War II is over, Germans killing Americans, why, you could hardly find one. Yeah, you're asked, sure. And then there's this. There are about 240, 250 million people in the United States who could be defined as white. There are fewer than 2 million people who could be defined as Muslim. In fact, fewer than 1 million people, really, um, so, and yet you have the many de- the deaths we've had in the uh, uh, at the Fort Hood shooting, et cetera, from such a small group. So you have a tiny group of the population. So the comparison, even there, the comparison fails. And then there's also this. How many white supremacists almost blew up an airplane uh, on Christmas Eve with their underwear bomb? How many white supremacists almost shot up a cartoon contest, but were stopped by a guard. How many white supremacists almost blew up the New York um, uh, Times Square, but their truck got spotted first? And the answer, of course, is none. None. So the only way the New York Times runs this story, the only way that these reporters stand around and go, why did Zokar Zarnayev do it, is if you are lying to yourself and lying to everyone you can about the real problem. 
Do we all agree that it's just stupid to ignore the obvious connection between Islam and violence? Do we? 844-404-1067? Okay. Which leads us up to our conversation for the next hour. The people who are very upset that the Confederate flag is being removed from public spaces. And I agree. Some of the ban- we were mocking the ban yesterday from Walmart and Amazon.com where you can literally still buy a swastika pendant, but you can't buy a, a Confederate flag, Union flag together historical pendant. Yeah, that's just stupid. The other news, Apple has banned all war games that take place in the Civil War. All the apps, they banned them all, the games entirely. Because the little Confederate armies are using Confederate flags. Interestingly, you still play Axis and Allies. No joke, which is a great game, by the way. You can still play Axis and Allies, but you can't play, you know, Civil War. So I agree with you that those that there's lots of stupidity out there. There's lots of overreaction out there. But come on. Stop texting me and emailing me and calling me and saying, Michael, I'm sick and tired of people saying that the Confederate flag stands for racism. Excuse me? You're sick and tired of the flag that flew over Klan rallies being called racist. You're sick and tired of the flag that flew over segregation rallies in Georgia being called racist. You're sick and tired of the flag that George Wallace stood in front of when he said segregation today, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. You're sick and tired of the flag that the Dixiecrats ran for president on to keep segregation. We got some audio. Strom Thurmond. No force will allow the Negro into my swimming pool and my place of public accommodation. You have no idea why that flag. The anti-Negro flag has racist connotations. Really? You're just as dumb as the reporters. I I take it back. You're just as dishonest because you're not dumb. You know it's not true. You're being just as dishonest as the reporters and the liberals who don't. I don't know why they would connect Islam to this guy blowing people up just because he kept screaming Islam. I don't know why people would connect the Confederate flag to racism. You know, just because all those Klan rallies and stuff. I don't understand. Come on. Of course Part of the meaning of the Confederate battle flag is racism and white supremacy. Of course it is. And you know it's true, too. 844-404-1067. I am Michael Graham. Good morning. It's 10.05 on News Radio 106.7. Yeah, Michael Graham, so glad that you are part of the conversation. Everybody is welcome. You don't have to agree with me. In fact, my motto is, if you can't say something nice, call me at 844-404-1067. I'm just trying to, I'm telling you how it looks from where I sit. If there's something I'm missing, I'm hoping you will enlighten me. I appreciate it. Uh, but I I uh, want those of you uh, who think that how, how, how do I want to say this? Because I, I re- like I said, I really want everyone to be part of the conversation. I'm just because I disagree with you doesn't mean that I don't think that you have don't have legitimate points. I just don't. I think there are other points that are bigger, more important. Let me put it this way: the, I talk to people all the time who say, "Michael, you know, I like to think of myself as kind of a you know conservative kind of political kind of guy. I I would vote Republican or I vote Republican, but then the but is always I don't want to have to defend the Confederate flag or I don't want to be with a bunch of racists or I don't want to." And I just want you to know that you absolutely can be a proud defender of all the principles of small government and individual liberty and individual responsibility and free markets. You can be a proud defender of all that and never have a kind word to say about the Confederacy. At least 
That's how I live my life. That's how I try to do my thing at 404-404-1067. I believe it is totally possible. In fact, not only that, everything the Confederacy stands for, which was uh, you know, denying people their rights to labor, the ultimate subjugation, the ultimate end of individual liberty, I'm against all of that. Segregation, the premise that the government could tell a restaurant owner, you can't serve black people in the main room. You have to serve them in the back or you can't serve them at all. Or you have to have a separate... Who in the world would support the government doing that to business owners or to the customers? Not me. So that's my take on things. And uh, so that's, you know, obviously that conversation started after the murder in the, the massacre in Charleston, South Carolina. I agree that uh, removing the Confederate flag from the statehouse grounds in Alabama, from the statehouse grounds in South Carolina, if we do end up removing it from the SCV plates here in uh, Georgia, it will accomplish absolutely zero when it comes to solving problems in America. It will not no, not a single shooting will be prevented. Not a single robbery will be stopped. Not a single sick person will be well. Not a single citizen abused by an out of control police officer and more on this murder case coming up. None of, none of that will end by removing the. You're absolutely right. That doesn't change how disturbed I am by the arguments that I'm getting from Confederate flag supporters. I'm not a Confederate flag opponent in the sense that like, it doesn't bother me. I don't, I'm not horrified by it. There, I, I, I know plenty of people, and there are many, many people who use it as a symbol as either of the South as a whole or of their unique Southern heritage. And as a guy who grew up in Peoria, South Carolina, by the way, the voting precinct outside of Louisiana where David Duke did the best Anywhere in the United States when he ran for president in 1992, my hometown was his number one precinct. So that's where I grew up. So I'm I'm not a guy from off telling how it is. I'm just, I I grew up in South Carolina. I grew up in rural South Carolina with a lot of people waving the flag. And some of them waved it for heritage and some of them waved it for hate. And they would tell you that it was hate. And so what I've done today on Facebook, which is, Michael Graham show. Don't go to the Michael Graham. That's my personal. You have to have a personal page to have a radio page. I never use that page. I don't even know what's on it. Go to facebook.com slash Michael Graham show or follow me on Twitter. I am M Graham. And I posted photos of uh, the Confederate flag at segregation rallies with people holding signs. My kids will never go to school with no word. President Obama uses. I've, Showed it the uh, George Wallace standing in front of a big f- flag making his segregation speech. I showed D- Strom Thurmond making his speech, and and my the response to this is overwhelmingly that flag has nothing to do with seg- with racism. The Confederate flag has nothing to do with racism, and I don't know what to say to that. I honestly don't. This is why it's ha- one of the many reasons why Black Americans are suspect about the motives of people who fly the flag and about the motives of conservatives in general. I mean, they watch how conservatives cheer on out-of-control cops who kill unarmed people. And if those unarmed people happen to be black, you can hear the chorus of alleged conservatives. Yay! Finally, big government I support. You know, It's very disturbing that we have a military veteran killed in DeKalb County. Conservatives don't care because he's black. You have a, a, a 25-year-old shot in the back in um, by Smyrna, an out-of-control Smyrna cop. 
who was nowhere near the car, was in no danger when he shot it, and now the uh, the uh, uh, Cobb County's hiding the evidence because he's black. So, and, and conservatives don't care. So right away, you can understand why people of color, and you keep saying I should vote Republican. I don't know about that. But then when you stand up on top of that and go, and I don't know why people talk about this flag being racist. I, I'm, I'm embarrassed. When I hear that kind of talk, I don't understand. I don't know. Oh, please. You know what you sound like when you make the announcement? I don't know why anybody would possibly say this has anything to do with racism. You sound like this guy talking about the Boston Marathon bombing. What we got from him was, of course, some, a pretty full apology, if you look at it on the face of it. But he gave no justification or explanation, let's say, for, for what he'd done. He didn't tell them why he and his brother had planted those two bombs. That's what you sound like. What? Huh? We don't know why. When you say there is no connection between the Confederate flag and racism, you sound like uh, the U.S. Attorney Carmen Ortiz talking about the connection between the marathon bombing and Islam. I don't want to venture a personal opinion on this, but in general, what I was struck more was by what he didn't say. He didn't renounce terrorism. He didn't renounce violent extremism. And he couched his comments in line with Allah and Allah's views, which give it a religious tone. And there was nothing, as you heard Judge O'Toole say in the courtroom, there was nothing about this crime that was Islam associated. That's what I was struck by more. So that's what I'm trying to figure out. Given the thousands of times that the Confederate battle flag appeared among, you know, people gathering the name of race, given the thousands of times that it appeared uh, defending segregation in our lifetimes. Tell me again how you're puzzled that there's no connection. We're going to take your phone calls on that. Also, we have breaking news the Supreme Court has ruled in favor of the Obama administration on subsidies. The Supreme Court has ruled that just because the law says that the states have to set up the exchanges doesn't mean that, in fact, the states have to set up the exchanges. Uh, we're going to uh, I'm going to give you the details on all that coming up. The news is breaking right now. You'll get the full details. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Good morning, it's 1019. I am Michael Graham, your home of the natural truth. Don't forget the confession hotline is wide open, waiting for your calls at 404-436-2007. One of the uh, impacts of the Charleston uh, story, the massacre, has been that uh, 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 New York Post movie reviewer admitted finally the Gone with the Wind sucks, which is something I've always known. People tell you, oh, Gone with the Wind, great, great movie. So Gone with the Wind is on my list of most overrated movies. So you can call 404-436-2007 and confess the movie that everyone tells you is supposed to be so good. You finally watched it. You went, I thought it stunk. Confess on the confession hotline. uh, And we will play the best calls at around 1145 today. And if you leave your email address, you may win a valuable prize. Breaking, And we're going to get to your phone calls in just a second about how people who say, I don't see the connection between the Confederate battle flag and racism sound just as embarrassingly dishonest as the people go i don't see the connection between islam and violence what are you talking about boston bomber that had nothing to do with islam you sound just the same 844-404-107 we have breaking news the supreme court has ruled in favor of the obama administration on the issue of whether or not where the law says that if you want taxpayers to fund 
your um, free health care that you're giving away, you have to have an exchange set up by the state. That's clearly what the law says. But in a major decision, the Supreme Court today ruled six to three that the White House can ignore the plain language of the law and look at the, quote, broader context. In In other words, because if you read the law the way it's written, Obamacare will fail, we're going to ignore the law as it's written and let the White House continue to make it up as they go, which has happened many, many, many times. Six to three. No one's surprised that the shameless liberals on the court decided with the um, uh, with the, the Obama administration. But he's done it yet again. Chief Justice John Roberts has saved Obama's bacon on Obamacare. He did it the first time by ignoring the blatant uh, uh, violations of the law and the Constitution. He, he did it early, the first time by pretending that this was a tax law. And ignore, he, he literally ignored what the White House said. He made up a totally new reason why Obamacare was um, legal. And now he's done it again by saying, well, look, if we, if we rule against the White House, it'll make Obamacare fail. Of course, that's not the job of the court. The job of the court is to interpret the law as written. And uh, so you need to know everyone except Scalia and uh, Thomas and uh, Alito ruled in favor of the Obama White House, the moderate and John Roberts, who now I think clearly can be called a moderate. He's not a conservative. Uh, join with the liberals. And so it's six to three in favor of that. And if you have any questions about that, what it means, et cetera, I'll be happy to tell you a little bit. I know where I'm tr- scrambling. This ruling just came down. I had some guests kind of preloaded and now they're trying to work on their schedule. We may have a guest on this during the show, or I may be doing a podcast later today on this for the weekly standard. And, and I'll play some of that tomorrow on the show. Uh, but uh, that's the ruling six to three in the case known as King V Burwell. The high court accepted the administration's argument that they can have any kind of tax credits any way they want uh, and that the language of the law was irrelevant. 844-404-1067. So, uh, Confederate flag? No connection to racism? Really? Is that really the argument that I've been hearing? Uh, Let's ask Bobby. Bobby, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Hey, Michael. I'm a, one of these people, you know, I'm American by birth, Southern by the grace of God. Sure. I, I love I love the South. Wouldn't live anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, what the Confederate flag means to me is nothing. I grew when I was growing up, you know, the people I saw waving the flag were a bunch of rednecks and basically just turned me off. Um, here's my take. That, you know, banning the, the rebel flag, like I said, I could care less. You know, it, it, to me, like you said, it's just, it's a symbol of racism, but, uh, you know, the way I look at it, you ban it, you know, slavery existed a lot longer under the American flag than it ever did under the Southern flag. Um, so are you going to ban the American flag next or, or not put it up just because, you know, it pisses mm-hmm. somebody off? Well, um, but, I, I, but I bet you know the answer to that question, mm-hmm. Bobby. Yeah. What's the difference between the American flag and the Confederate flag? Oh, the American flag, you know, stood for a lot more. Exactly. Exactly. That's the point. Yes, we had slavery under the American flag, and then we had the fight against slavery under the American flag, and we had segregation under the American flag, and we had the fight to end segregation under the American flag. Under the Confederate flag, we we only had half of that story. And I want to be clear. I am not saying 
that you have to be racist to fly the flag. I'm not saying that the flag is inherently racist. I'm saying that because racists used it so often, so long, it is ridiculous to expect people to look at it and not see a connection to racism. You're just being you're being as silly as the people who go, well, maybe these uh, Islamist people call themselves uh, Islamic State, but that doesn't mean it has any connection to Islam. Oh, come on. Be honest. We're the natural truth tellers. We're not the deceptive PC self-deluded crowd. Uh, Catherine is on News Radio 1067. Good morning, Catherine. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. Right ahead. Yeah, well, I really think that the um, flag is very offensive to a lot of people. And if we want to support people in this country and most countries, we're going to take down a symbol that is very negative. Let's consider the swastika. We don't want to be flying that thing around. That has a bad connotation. And it started out originally with a good connotation in some people's opinion. It was a sign for people that did yoga and things like that. But it's clearly it's a bad symbol. We should definitely take it down. But, you know, you have to look at any flag and consider what is behind that and do you want to support it? I, I, listen, I agree with you. And, and there are people who say, well, there are other meanings to the flag, too. You know, what about a flag that just simply symbolizes the unique culture of the South? And we are unique. And it's great. being. I, I'm a Southerner. It's fantastic. The, the unique history. Yes, the history of the Civil War is fascinating history. But you can't ignore the rest. To ignore the rest, you have to ignore that fact that when Strom Thurmond made this speech, he made it standing under a banner of these flags. There's not enough troops in the army to force the southern people to break down segregation and admit the Negroes into our theaters, into our spring pools, into our homes, and into our churches. That uh, phrase in there was... Negro race. Just want to make sure we did not we did not drop the Obama bomb anywhere. We 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 use tighter controls in our language than our president does. Pre, that was Strom Thurmond running for president. No force of arms will ever force us to allow the quote Negro race into our swimming pools and public schools and places of public accommodation. And obviously. He stood under a lot of flags that day. He stood under the American flag and he stood under the flag of the state of South Carolina and the flag of the states of the other southern states who supported his Dixiecrat bid. And eventually those Democrats would follow him to the Republican Party where they would defend the Confederate flag. Um, But the key flag he stood under, the flag that represented that argument he just made, was the Confederate battle flag. It's just the natural truth. It's 1035. Uh, yeah, Michael Graham, we've got more conversation about the uh, Confederate battle flag and why people make the argument that it has no connection to racism. I don't even know what you mean when you say that at 844 um, And uh, so obviously that's part of the conversation here. We also have the confession hotline wide open if you want to confess the most overrated movie or use the hashtag most overrated movie, but call the confession hotline 404-436-2007 and we'll get your, and if, if your call makes the cut, you'll hear it around 1145. But the big, big, big news of the day is that the Supreme Court has ruled six to three that, well, here, I'll read Justice Antonin Scalia's opening paragraph from the ruling because uh, it summarizes all. He was part of the three dissenters who did not uphold uh, Obamacare. The court holds that when the 
Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act says, quote, exchange established by the state. It means, quote, exchange established by the state or the federal government. This is, of course, quite absurd, and the court's 21 pages of explanation make it no less so. So there you go. This, uh, John Roberts, yet again, did President Barack Obama solid, pulled his bacon out of the fire, and so much so that in his dissent, Justice Scalia actually says we should start calling the law not Obamacare, but SCOTUS care for Supreme Court of the United States. By the way, if you're on Twitter and you see SCOTUS, that's what that means. If you see POTUS, it means President of the United States. So we should start calling it SCOTUS care because he's right. The Supreme Court took a law that was illegally written, illegally drafted, and self-contradictory, and through pure brute force of politics, saved the law and kept it in place, which is why the only way to get rid of Obamacare is for Republicans to win elections, for opponents of Obamacare to win elections. You want to get rid of Obamacare? You want to rescue your health care from this disaster? And it has been a disaster. We were promised if you pass this law, it will, quote, won't add a single nickel to the deficit. It's added $100 billion to the deficit over the next 10 years. And that's the low estimate. So that obviously wasn't true. You were told that if we pass this, you'd be able to keep your doctor. That obviously wasn't true. You were told you'd be able to keep your insurance if you liked it. That was not true. You were told that it would save the average family $2,500. In fact, the average family's costs of health care have gone up $3,000 already and are going to go higher for obvious reasons. And by the way, you don't have to, uh, don't feel like when we talk with this that you have to be some kind of a medical expert or, or professional economist. Think about common sense. You have a certain amount of stuff in a grocery store and you just added uh, 10 million new shoppers who all want to come in and buy that same stuff and they've all been given free money to buy it with. What's the price of that stuff going to do? When you have a bunch more people trying to buy the same stuff, what happens to the price? It goes up. What happens when the power goes out and there are only a few gas stations that have gas? And there's a line of cars. What happens to the price of the gas? It goes up. More people trying to buy less stuff. What, ha- what happens when Beanie Babies suddenly become popular? Instead of you know 1 million customers, you have 100 million customers. The price goes straight up. Well, the same thing with health care. You take a bunch of people and give them free money to go buy something with, but you have the same number of doctors, same number of hospitals, in fact, you have a shrinking number of doctors. What's going to happen? To the obvious, duh, it's going to go up. And then when you decide, well, we're going to do this in a way so that the sickest people don't have to pay more. Well, sick people cost more. I mean, I'm nothing against sick people. Sick people. My wife has MS. We deal with this. But sick people cost more money. Well, if they don't have to pay extra then who does? Everybody else. Imagine if you opened a buffet tomorrow and said it's $9.99 buffet and you did two things. You added 25% more people to come in and buy the buffet with free buffet vouchers and you had lobster on the buffet for the same price as peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. What's going to happen? People are going to pour in, hey, I got me some free lunch, and they're all going to eat lobster sandwiches. They're going to have lobster on their mac and cheese. They're going to have lobster on their grits. And lobster. And so then what happens to the price of the buffet? Well, it has to go up because you can't afford 
to give everybody lobster for the same price as peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That's Obamacare in a nutshell. A bunch more people buying lobster and everybody else has to pay more for their peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to pay for it. The only fix for that is going to be electing people who believe in the free market and don't want your health care dictated to you and hate the fact that we're adding $100 billion to the deficit and um, that, that, that and, you know the, the other principles I just outlined. How do you win that election? You win that election with more than 5% of the black vote. And this brings us back to the Confederate battle flag. You can argue all you want how... You know, most people who fly the Confederate flag are just doing as a sign of Southern culture. You can argue all you want that you have the flag and it means nothing, no hate at all. You can say that Civil War reenactors love the flag and that has nothing to do with hate. And there are a lot of arguments you can make and they are reasonable arguments. But it doesn't change the fact that every time you stand up and scream, I love the Confederate flag, you're telling black people, stay away from me. You don't want to hang out with me. You have no interest in what I stand for. Bob Dole, as crappy a candidate as Bob Dole was in an election where he didn't get a lot of votes, he got more than 12% of the black vote. Republican Mitt Romney got less than 5% of the black vote. That was after four years of Obama disaster. If you want someone elected president who's going to end the fiasco of Obamacare, the Supreme Court's not going to do it for you. You have to win an election. And being the party of Confederate flags and out-of-control cops is not the way to win an election. Pure political pragmatism and the natural truth. Michael Graham now in the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. Good morning. It is 1049. Uh, yeah, Michael Graham, in case you're just t- tuning in, the Supreme Court has ruled six to three in favor of the Obama administration on the issue of whether or not the exchanges the federal government has set up because states wouldn't do it can stand. And as uh, Supreme Court Justice Alito pointed out in his dissent, the court has ruled that the phrase exchanges by the state means exchanges by the state and federal government. But That's clearly not true, and their 21 pages of explanation don't make it so. He also points out that if what they're saying is true, that other parts of the law now become totally nonsensical. But this has never been about the law. This has been about pure brute force and political power. President Obama has repeatedly threatened the Supreme Court. He's repeatedly threatened to unleash, and he's called them out, something no other president has ever done, threatened to call them out uh, and attack them. Uh, And you have people like John Roberts who don't want to be smeared as a racist for history. They know that uh, people who support Obama are going to be writing the short-term history anyway. But for whatever reasons, John Roberts has rescued President Obama again. Did they make the right decision? 844-404-1067. And, of course, we're also talking about the Confederate flag issue and the the insanity on both sides. The insanity of Apple banning Civil War games on their devices. You can't play electronic Civil War, you know, battle games. But you can still play Axis and Allies with the Nazi flag and the Japanese flag, uh, you know, running their horror camps. You can still do that because there are people who are simply using the Confederate flag as a way to bash their political opponents. 
But unfortunately, they've been given that opportunity by Republicans who have diehardly insisted that there's no connection between the flag and racism, which is just as dumb as saying there's no connection between Islam and violence or Islam and what happened in the Boston Marathon bombing. 844-404-1067. Mike is on the air. Thanks for the call, Mike. Go right ahead. Uh, the whole thing with the Confederate flag, it doesn't mean anything to me. I can take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. The one thing that concerns me is you start with this flag. Well, we're not going to sell it. We're going to take it down. We're going to ban it. Mm-hmm. Well, it starts there, but where does it stop? Do we ban brown crayons because they're offensive to Hispanics? Mm-hmm. Do we ban black pencils or black pens because they're they're offensive to African American? Where does it stop? And that's a very good question. That's why it's up to reasonable people to get into the fight and to lay out the rational markers. Because if you leave it to the you know extremist anti freedom haters. They're going to ban everything. They look, they want to ban everything. Remember, the University of California handed out a handbook to its professors saying that the phrase, anyone can make it in America through hard work, that phrase is banned. America is the land of opportunity. That phrase is banned. So you're right, Mike. There are nuts out there who want to ban, you know, anything and everything. And if the only resistance they meet are people who are saying there's nothing wrong with the Confederate flag at all, well, then the banners will win. Because typical normal Americans are never going to say, I don't get what the problem is with the Confederate flag. That's just not going to happen. And it's the same thing with, um, with uh, police. If pro-cop conservatives don't get involved in reforming policing, it's going to be left to the Al Sharptons and you know, extremists of the crowd. I don't know if you saw the news out of Smyrna, but we, in addition to catching the police repeatedly lying about the original warrant in the case where they shot the 25-year-old guy in the uh, car. Now we find out that the guy was shot in the back. Now we find out that the shooter was not behind the car. The shooter was in no danger at all. In fact, the shooter was crouched down behind another car. So the cop who killed this unarmed guy was in no danger at all when he shoots him. And now we find out that the uh, Cobb County refuses to release the videotape in this case. You remember the case in North Charleston when the white cop shot the black guy in the back nine times? The prosecutor and the cops released the video, the, the official video, within three or four days. It's been three months since a Smyrna cop shot a black kid in the back, and Cobb County still hasn't released the video. Three months. Not only that, but they won't let the family, they won't let the parents see the video. The family can't see it. Where are the conservatives? Where are the conservatives when a citizen is killed by the police, shot in the back, the police then lie to us about it. And then, by the way, they don't dispute that they lied. They, they, they got caught. They lied. Shot in the back by a cop who was in no danger, and now they hide the videotape. Where are conservatives? When conservatives are as, com- are as energized about defending a citizen killed by the state as they are about defending a Confederate battle flag, maybe, maybe we can start fixing our brand problem for the GOP. Although I wonder if the courts maybe didn't do the Republicans a favor today with their ruling on behalf of Obamacare. Joe, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Thanks for the call. Hey, Michael. Um... Yeah, I think this ruling was really good. Um, 
I think one of the important things to think about is millions and millions of Americans are not going to lose their health care, you know, today because of this. How many, how many moms are, are not going to die of breast cancer and be able to raise their kids? And what does that mean for our society that people are going to have health care and be able to live productive lives? I mean, it's, I think we shouldn't lose sight of that pretty important fact that people are getting health care. But I really appreciate you and your show. I tuned in yesterday and you were talking, people were emailing you about the flag and they said, you should say it's a democratic flag. And you said, listen, I'm not going to pretend on this show stuff that's not true. Mm-hmm. And there's one thing you said today about Obamacare and the deficit and that Obamacare is bringing up the deficit. Mm-hmm. But there's a report, lots of reports from Congressional Budget Office. The most recent one was like three days ago mm-hmm. where they said if Obamacare is uh, repealed, uh, it will, it will also a, bring up the debt. Uh, no, you're uh, absolutely right, because Obamacare has so many taxes in it. It collects so much in taxes that if you get rid of those taxes, you'll add to the deficit. No, you're right. But by the way, those 6.4 million people who have other people's money to buy health care are wildly overpaying for the health care, getting crappy quality and forcing the rest of us to pay more because Obamacare demonstrably sucks at actually giving people medicine. And so that's the, the flip side of the natural truth, too. You're absolutely right. There are a bunch of people who are getting free and subsidized health care because my listeners are working hard and paying the bills. And that health care is crappier than it has to be, and it costs more. The free market provides more products to more people at a better price. And Obamacare, obviously, anti-free market. And that's why it's not working, why it's unpopular, and why it's... Uh, and, and by the way, the, uh, the CBO numbers, and I'm not quibbling with you, with you on there. You're absolutely right about CBO numbers. But CBO acknowledges that uh, they have to you do the math the way it comes in. They have to assume that when Obamacare says it's going to cost whatever, X, that it is, in fact, going to cost X. Dude, if you're talking about honesty, you know that every government program costs far more than X when it's finally done. I actually think, though, you're onto something. I think he did do Republicans a favor, uh, John Roberts did, with this ruling in a kind of a backwards way. I'll explain why. Also, more of your phone calls uh, here at News Radio 1067 on the Confederate flag and. The most overrated movie of all time. Confess the movie that you know you're supposed to like, and so you keep it to yourself, but for, but when you saw it, you thought it totally sucked. Call the Confession Hotline at 404-436-2007. During his trial, Joker Sanayev showed no remorse for his role in planting two pressure cooker bombs. He apologized to his victims, saying he was sorry for the lives he had taken and the suffering he had caused. I have forgiven him. Um, I have come to a, a place of peace. Bernie Sanders, well, your crowds are, are humongous. We're outraged that Kenneth Owens, the officer that killed my brother, is back at work. But it took them seven months, the night before the hearing, to give me that information. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. Yeah, l- l- listen, you're in my house. Good morning, it's 1106 at News Radio 1067. Oh, yeah. Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women. Known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi. So glad that you're part of the conversation at 844-404-1067. 
I think it's interesting Mayor Kasim Reed sent a note to President Obama congratulating him. Not congratulating the court for getting the law right. Not congratulating the court for upholding the rule of law. Because that was never what this Supreme Court ruling was about when it comes to Obama. It was about the pure political brute force of keeping this unpopular law in place so that more and more people will get more and more addicted to more and more subsidies from other people's money so that when you try to go to them and say, hey, look, we've got a better way to do this that actually results in better health care for more people and it connects more closely what you use and what you need with what you pay, that the answer will be, screw that, I'm getting it for free. And, you know, when you uh, hit to the point where the... uh, uh, where uh, 40, excuse me, 50% of the United States pays a combined 3% of the federal income taxes. 50% of us pay 3% so that the other 50% of us can pay 97%. That's a problem, in my opinion. Not everyone agrees. President Obama doesn't agree. Uh, and so the Obamacare is a win for that 50% that pay 3%, to pay even less and less and less and less. So I wouldn't cheer the president on for that. I would, I'm also not cheering the Supreme Court. Uh, uh, Antonin Scalia in his dissent, as is so often the case, completely nails it. But I will cheer the, pres- cheer the president for how he handled a heckler. He had a LGBT illegal immigrant. I'm not kidding. An LGBT illegal immigrant in the White House. And she started... She, he, she, whatever, and the individual started shouting and yelling and then this. Yeah, l- l- listen, you're in my house. You, you, can, you can either stay and, and be quiet or we'll have to take you out. Can we have this person removed, please? Oh, I thought we had the cut where he tells them, look, if you're going to be here and you're going to eat the hors d'oeuvres, you know, that's the best part. I love that. You know, way, hey, come on, you're in my house. I mean, of course, it's our house, but he's our president. So he's in my house and you just, you know, what are you doing? Being a rude jerk. There's no defense for that. Did you note what the LGBT illegal immigrant person was shouting? Not one more deportation. Not one more. What does that mean? What it means is, you don't get to have borders. You can't have a country if you don't have borders. And if you can't deport people who come across your border illegally, you don't get to have borders. Not one more deportation means you're not allowed to have a country of your own. The citizens of America aren't allowed to have one. Because the only way to to have borders is A, turn people around who are trying to come in illegally, and B, deport people who get in illegally. It's like if you have a bank. There's only one way to have a bank. A, stop people who are trying to break into the bank, and B, catch people and throw them out when they do break into the bank. Same thing with the country. So if you agree with this protester, and many, many people do, that there should be no more deportations, then that means that the citizens of the United States aren't allowed to have a country. So when you hear not one more, what you really should hear is no more America. Not because of what the immigrants look like, but simply because you, there is no such thing as a country of America unless you have enforceable borders. There's no, there's no country without enforceable borders of any country, you know, any, every country. 
And so that's what uh, was the, the shouting was going on. Uh, obviously, the shouting about the Confederate battle flag uh, continues. People very, very upset. And that upset, we've seen the, the, uh, the fight expand beyond the flag flying on Statehouse grounds. It's now gone to uh, private Confederate memorials in places like Florida. People want that Confederate memorials on private property shut down. It's gone to, as we mocked yesterday in the confession hotline, banning anything that offends anyone from Walmart, Amazon.com, etc. Apple, Apple today did something insane. They banned all Civil War games on their iPad, etc. Even though you can still play Axis and Allies. It makes no sense to me at all. And you ask yourself, how did it get this far? Well, one reason it got this far was because of the denial of the people defending the flag that has any connection to racism. And um, my premise is at 844-404-1067 that when you say, I don't see why people are talking about racism in the flag, that you sound as uh, well-informed as this BBC reporter. What we got from him was, of course, a, some, a pretty full apology, if you look at it on the face of it. But he gave no justification or explanation, let's say, for, for what he'd done. He didn't tell them why he and his brother had planted those two bombs. Why do people look at this guy and see uh, uh, Islam and terrorism? Why? I don't understand. If only he would say why. And, of course, what was Zokar Zanayev saying yesterday? You can read the entire statement on my blog at michaelgram.com. He said over and over and over again, I'm a Muslim. I'm here in the name of Allah. I'm doing the will of Allah. He never apologized for his views. His only apology was, I'm sorry that what Allah asked me to do involved killing you. I'm sorry that Allah made that decision, but I, he never apologized for doing what he believed Allah wanted him to do. He never, every report you've heard that he apologized, including that one right there, is a lie. He did not apologize for what he did. He apologized that what he had to do, his mission, involved killing other people. But he would do it again. So when I hear people saying, what do you mean there's a connection between the Confederate battle flag and racism? I hear people who sound just as clueless as, what do you mean there's a connection between the Boston bombing and Islam? I don't see the difference at 844-404-1067. So much talk, so little time. Your phone call's coming up, plus the confession hotline wide open. Michael Graham now, and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. I'm a It's 1120. I am Michael Graham. Welcome to the show. When it comes to problematics and things in the world, one of the places I love to visit is hotair.com. It's one of my favorite websites in the world. And the uh, big honcho over at hotair.com is our is uh, Ed Morrissey. You are the big honcho, right, Ed? I'm the co-big honcho. You're the co-big uh, honcho. All up under is the other senior editor. We're kind of co-equal. Well, uh, I I frequently steal shameless. Excuse me, I frequently report the uh, effect, the events at HotAir.com without attribution. So uh, thank you so much <laughs> for joining us. By the way, uh, we're going to get to the um, uh, Confederate flag and the Gone with the Wind. It's the topic of our confession hotline this morning. People are confessing Ed the movie that everyone tells them they're supposed to love, but they actually hate. At four zero four four three six two thousand seven. But I got to ask since it just happened. Uh, the uh, news that the phrase the state now means the state and the federal government when it comes to the courts. Yeah, this is 
I, I like Scalia's dissent from this, which is that um, it's it's ridiculous that the court keeps rewriting the law. <clears throat> excuse me, in order to um, in order to salvage it. I mean, this is really the either the second or third time, depending on how you count it, uh, that they've basically said, look, the law says this, but we think it really means that, and we're going to go ahead and interpret it that way in right. order to uphold it. And, <clears throat> I mean, you simply can't do that in the context of the rule of law. And in this particular case, it was 6-3, so even if you know Justice right. Roberts hadn't gone along with it, it still would have um, happened. But um, I, I think people should read Scalia's very scathing dissent on this particular point, because he's making some very good, uh, some very good arguments there that the court is really overstepping its uh, rule or excuse me, its role in um, in dealing with Obamacare and its own established precedents in rescuing it from itself. Uh, now that being said, I think there's a silver lining for Republicans here, but I mean it's that's more than more than drowned out by the fact that now we have a president who's not really. Um, feeling bound by the by the rule of law, Congress that really isn't, and now a Supreme Court that isn't. Uh, this is a this is sort of a dangerous uh, road that we're going down. And Scalia, I think, is uh, one of those lone voices uh, crying out in the near wilderness here on that. Yeah, and we're talking to uh, Ed Morrissey with HotAir.com, a terrific website you should check every day. Um, and the, when Scalia points out, guys. They use this phrase, the state exchanges, repeatedly in this law. So you're telling me that it was a typo over and over again? It's, it's just nonsense. He also points out, Ed, that if you read state to mean state and federal throughout the uh, law, that it makes no sense. It becomes self-contradictory. Uh, so, uh, in essence, he he's outing uh, the Roberts Court as saying, whatever Obama wants to do is okay with us, and the other 21 pages are irrelevant. Yeah, um, that's exactly right. He, there, I think there were seven times in there that um, he says that uh, you'd have to ignore the fact that state really did mean state uh, when it was when it said right. state in order to reach that conclusion. And yeah, it's very, very, very um, disingenuous. The argument's disingenuous. Basically, as Scalia says in his dissent, the court has decided that it likes this law and it's going to pretty much interpret it uh, no matter. You know, no matter right. how they justify it, they're going to interpret it to, to salvage it. Yep, and that's what happened. Uh, and I love how Scalia says they should start calling it not Obamacare, but SCOTUS Care, since SCOTUS the Supreme Court kept yeah, this going that's on. The line of the day. That is absolutely the line of the day. Uh, another line of the day was a New York Post reviewer who, uh, talking about the Confederate flag issue, says it's time to to uh, you know send to the dustbin of history the film Gone with the Wind. And I tweeted out, uh, Ed, that Gone with the Wind is one of the most overrated movies. I've never been able to sit through it all the way through. I've seen the whole thing in pieces, but I've never been able to make it all the way through because it's so turgid and boring. Uh, and you had, you're one of the few people with the temerity to publicly endorse that opinion. Oh, it's an awful film. It's an <laughs> awful film. Now, I don't necessarily agree with the New York Post um reviewer who said right. it. I mean, I'm not sure exactly what he meant by consigned to the dustbin of history. I think people really should talk about the fact that this is a terrible film. Mm -hmm. It has a terrible point of view. It has the, the uh, filmdom's least sympathetic protagonist ever. And the book is worse. I've read the book. I've seen the movie. I've now, I just want to remind you times. that we're on the air in Atlanta, Georgia here, Ed Morrissey at HotAir.com, and not it's, Michael Graham who's saying that that's the worst book. So, so just make that perfectly clear because I want to get to my car safely. It's 
terrible. It's a terrible book. Um, and I mean, even even apart from the even apart from the sort of the antebellum sensibilities mm-hmm. that are in both the movie and the book, it's a four-hour-long melodrama about a woman who is just flat-out unlikable, uh, who um, basically ends up getting pretty much everything she wants in the worst possible way. And the only thing that you can really say about Gone with the Wind is that it's technically brilliant. Uh, it really was a game changer in terms of how, you know, how films sure. were made. And, uh, but I mean, it's overlong, it's dull, it's boring. Uh, you don't like the, you don't like the, uh, the main person. In other words, it was, it was Avatar before Avatar is what you're saying, Ed Morrissey. <laughs> it was Avatar, it was Avatar without the, without the, uh, blue, uh, alien. Exactly. Yeah, kind exactly. of. Yeah. Now listen, we're at time. I want to ask about one last thing that relates to that, which is the Confederate flag debate. My point, and as you know, because Hot Air has kindly reposted some of my work, is that the Republican brand problem is made more horrific by what seems to be a callous indifference to by conservatives towards their fellow black citizens, whether it's the issue of police abuse or whether it's the symbolism of the Confederate flag. Do you agree with me that there's a brand problem there that is fixable, or do you think this is just the way the cake is baked, or what? Well, I kind of think it's fixable, um, and I don't think it's all about the confederate flag it the confederate flag is just this irritant that comes up every four years in south right. carolina uh because of south carolina being third in the primary system mm-hmm. everybody's paying attention to it It gets a lot of attention and every four years this question about the uh, confederate flag on the state capitol grounds comes up and let's remember that it was a democrat that hoisted that thing up in 1962 as sort mm-hmm. of a middle finger to civil right to the civil rights movement right. uh, and they have been fighting in south carolina people have been saying this week oh it's just come up they're just using it this week they've been talking about removing that thing for 40 years mm-hmm. uh, you know south carolina has been debating this for 40 years trying to get that thing to come down they moved it off the capitol building onto the uh, onto the capitol grounds and i think it was either 98 or 2000 as part of this compromise but uh, honestly if, if south carolina if the state government wants to endorse that flag then move them down to the you know 49th or 50th slot in the primaries. Right. And that way, it's not anybody else's business. And, and, and by the if way, that's what I, they I, want. Then let's do that. As I wrote in the year 2000, it is insane that South Carolina gets to play a key role in picking presidential nominees because the things you got to do to win in South Carolina cost you the election everywhere else. Uh, we are way over time. Ed Morrissey, HotAir.com. Thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you for having Thanks me. Thanks so much. 844-404-1067. The President of the United States is coming up. The Confession Hotline is coming up. Your chance to win lunch. I'm Michael Graham. This podcast of The Michael Graham Show is brought to you by Matt Hermes. If you have a high-end home and you're looking to sell, call Matt at Keller Williams Realty. Matt Hermes specializes in luxury homes in areas like Hamilton Mill, Sugarloaf, Chateau Elan, and more. For more information, visit atlantahomesguru.com forward slash radio. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.